We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone. We are here. Ryan Roberts, Director of Recruiting here at IrishBreakdown.com, joined by Sean Davis, my good friends, recruiting analyst here at IrishBreakdown.com, also the co-host of the Lucky Lefty podcast that you can find on the CFB Nation in association, in association excuse me, with Irish Breakdown. We are here on a Monday morning, which means, well, Monday afternoon, I guess, it's a Notre Dame recruiting hour. So Notre Dame talk. And, Sean, this is going to start taking on a – New world, right? It's going to be a new world because not only are we talking about high school recruiting, the transfer portal opened today, which means that we got some players deciding to stay. We got a lot that deciding to leave their, their school. And there's been a, a flooded of a million questions of, should Notre Dame look at that kid? Should they take him in? Should they reach out? And it's all very understandable questions. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some players that we are going to be very open to talking about. There's going to be some players that we just know straight up Notre Dame is not going to have interest in, and we'll just kind of keep it stepping in that direction. But And then we also have some kids that are choosing to declare for the 2023 NFL draft. So I've been very, very busy this morning, as I know you have as well, sir, just getting off the lucky lefty show yourself and – editing that thing up and doing all, all the things that you do as well. So it's been wild, Sean, but we're going to get into this, man. We're going to talk some weekend visits that happened, both in-home visits and an important visitor that came to Notre Dame's campus. So we'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about some transfer portal news that you should be very much aware of. Also going to hit on some Notre Dame recruits that are still in the playoffs and a couple that just won national uh, national championships, just won state championships mm-hmm. this past weekend. So it's really exciting. All everything we got going on. We are what is today? Today is the fifth. Is it the fifth today? It's yep. All right. So we are the fifth, which means we're 16 days away from the early signing day period as well. So we got a lot going on here at Irish Breakdown. So make sure to hit that like button. Subscribe to the podcast, hit that notification bell because there's going to be an extra show this week. I'll tell you that right off the bat. We'll get a little further into that, you know, in a little bit here. But there's going to be news constantly that are going to be flooded the Irish Breakdown channel. So make sure to stay tuned there and also go to boards.irishbreakdown.com. We just had a flurry of intel pieces from 
Brian Driscoll a ton from myself, from Sean Davis this morning as well. We had so much intel on the board. $4.99 a month, $49.99 for the year. I think it is well worth it. Honestly, I think we may have given you your month's worth just off of the information this morning, if I'm being completely honest, right? So, Sean, I guess I want to start out, man, by just saying, how are you? Because this is a chaotic world, brother, and I am a little, not overwhelmed, that's not the right word, but there's a lot of movement <laughs> right now, man. It's oh. wild to kind of see everything. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, I'm like a kid. This is like pre-Christmas for me, right? Because yeah. last week was tough. You knew the anticipation. You knew Friday recruiting will open back up with coaches being on the road, visiting guys. So you knew that would pop open. You get intel with that. And then you had CFP bowl game being announced for Notre Dame yesterday. And now the portal was starting to pop as the day before the deadline on the 5th, you know, um, Oh, it starts to pop on the fifth. This I was waiting for this all last week. This we were waiting. Even after we did the show on Monday, it was like, okay, next Monday is going to be absolutely insane when we join together and do the show again. So I'm excited to talk about everything because I think what we're seeing is historic. Like we are seeing something that I don't know if it's going to be the same next year. Mm-hmm. I truly believe the powers that be are going to say, look, we have to do something. <sighs> Almost Sean, kids in the portal right now. Sean, it's wild, man. I saw a post this morning that was like, we're 500 plus scholarship players in the portal already last year for how chaotic that off season was. Mm-hmm. It only got up to 1900, man. So, I mean, we're expecting a, about a thousand kids in the portal today. I saw someone, it may be an overestimation, but I saw someone a few about a week ago say that they thought that the portal could realistically get up to 5,000 kids this offseason, which would just be insane right now, man. So it's it's wild because, I mean, there's 
there's a lot of things happening here, man. I mean, again, we're trying to get ready for signing day, and it's just like, right. yes, are covering some uh, some graduate transfers that may be interested in Notre Dame as well, which is just absolutely wild. And don't worry, folks, we're going to get to the transfer portal news. There was a player that decided to transfer this morning from Notre Dame. There was a player that went into the transfer portal technically this morning, but last night he made the announcement that we know Notre Dame is going to be in on. We'll get to all that, but we want to start, of course, Sean, recruiting never stops, man. The uh, the dead period was lifted this past Friday, which meant that coaches could now make visits to recruits, commits mostly, right? So they're traveling and they're making commit and making their rounds to kind of the commits. And we had a couple great, great um, intel stuff from you as far as how a couple of those went. Marcus Freeman, went to visit Charles Jagasaw. So I want to start there, man. We talk about Charles Jagasaw a ton on this podcast. He's an incredibly talented offensive tackle out of the state of Illinois. Yeah. And 6'6", 300-plus pounds, incredibly athletic, not going to be an early enrollee. He is going to be a June um, a June enrollee because he's going to be wrestling in the winter and finishing up that season and doing all that type of stuff. So uh, give us the latest, Sean, as far as how that visit went and uh, some maybe some tidbits that Charles get parlayed to you. Oh, man, the visit was great. As you saw the pictures as they uh, went around social media yesterday, Marcus Freeman, he arrived about 5.15 on Friday afternoon, Friday evening, and came in and it was just family and friends and uh one of the faculty members from Alleman Catholic High School, Father Mirabelli, was there. Father Mirabelli was pretty much uh, the Pied Piper of the whole thing as he told anecdotes and nice stories and gave jokes and everyone just sat around and ate and laughed and shared in the conversation. So everything was really light and hearty. And then there was a moment where Coach Freeman got a chance to talk to Charles, and this is what is interesting. But this is something that has come via what we're seeing in the college football landscape. With the portal being two and a half weeks before signing day, coaches are having to be very transparent with their recruits about what they're going to do in the transfer portal. And Charles Jagasaw said that he just had a conversation, and Marcus Freeman was very open about the transfer portal, guys that will be transferring out, uh, people that might be transferring in, and what the roster and what the season is going to look like when Charles gets there. He was making him very well aware of the program and the team that he's going to walk into, letting him know that it won't resemble the guys that you possibly visit, met, and became friends with possibly on those game day visits. So, it's just an interesting dynamic for these coaches now to have to have that conversation with recruits because, yo, you know, there might be a recruit that sees that you're going and getting a veteran at his spot. Now he has to make the decision if he still wants to stay locked in to his commitment. So just mm-hmm. very interesting. And he also talked about uh, with me, as much consternation and anxiety that we had as fans and media about the quarterback situation, Charles Jackson was very open that it was always a conversation amongst the 2023 commits. Always. Like, yo, what's going on? Who are we going to get? Who's going to be our guy? And November 19th changed everything. Yeah. 
everything for the guys in that class. And for him to be a lineman, he's like, I got my guy. Mm-hmm. He said, that's my quarterback. I got my quarterback. And he's like, all five of us, all the linemen in the class are super excited to have him and protect him. So this is the bond they talked about. And the other tidbit is last night was the Zoom call for all of the 23 commits where yep. Chad Bowden went over all the particulars about signing day and making sure that they knew what they needed to do and the required paperwork and how to properly get things sent in. And, you know, if something's going wrong, make sure you hit me up and let me know. Uh, everyone, from what I heard, is accounted for. And those that weren't on the call, they had excused. They were excused. It wasn't like they just didn't show up. They spoke to the staff. They were excused. They had a previous engagement. And mm-hmm. so I think only two people didn't make it based yeah. upon, you know, having things already scheduled at that time. So this is only the first one. I believe they're going to have another Zoom call in like maybe 10 days or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. So that's just tidbits from my conversation with Charles Jagasaw. I did learn that the class clown, because, you know, there's always a class clown. <laughs> Okay, guess who it is? Can I guess yeah. who it is? Yes, go right ahead. Christian Gray? Yes. Class Absolutely. <laughs> oh, That's the same thing Charles Jagasaw said. Of course, it's Christian Gray. He's like, Christian is always on something different, man. So when they got through with the serious things, Christian broke right in, and everybody just followed, and it became just a kickback for the guys. And they were all cracking jokes and laughing. And that's who he is. So it's just great to hear that the camaraderie. And another tidbit, Chad Mm -hmm. Bowden wanted to make sure that there was no separation between the early enrollees and Mm -hmm. the junior enrollees. And that's something he said to all of them. Like, do not allow yourselves as a class to be separated. Yes. Upon these guys coming in. Stay connected. The guys Mm -hmm. that are coming in early, let these guys know what's going on and make them feel part of the process, even though they'll be getting here in June. So fantastic conversation and an all-around great visit Marcus Freeman had with Charles Jackson. That's fantastic to hear, man. And, I I mean, again, Charles is one of the guys that you would be maybe nervous about just 16 days before signing day. But, I mean, Sean, you talk about, like, some of the Notre Dame fans freak out, like, are they going to keep this guy? Are they going to keep that guy? Can you imagine the the recruiting staff right now? It's like, man, we're – like, I guess some of these kids have been getting recruited for years. So now they're like – we're in the home stretch, man. Don't let anything yeah. mess up. Like, let's just get there, right? Let's mm-hmm. just let's pull into the parking spot, you know, yeah. and let's finish this out. So it's going to be awesome to see. And, and again, man, great in, insight, great in-depth analysis there, Sean, because this is very important. I mean, again, we're only a couple weeks away. This yeah. is the final call. You know, we, we imagine most of the players are going to be signing on the dotted line on December 21st, just about everyone. There's going to be 15 early enrollees from what we know at the moment. So it's going to happen quick, man. And I love the fact that they're talking about unity between the class. I think that that is essential um, because that can be tough. I mean, if you're one of the 15 that's going to be on campus early and it's like you have your schedule and you're trying to lift and do the the schoolwork and maintain the team camaraderie and then also, you know, trying to keep in touch with everyone, that's a lot, right? But I think that yeah. it's good to have those conversations now so that you don't lose sight of the fact that the whole 2023 class is a unit, right? Whether guys are 
coming in in winter, excuse me, or they're coming in in the summer. That is that is essential for this this um for this program moving forward. We know how important the 2023 class is. So great note there, Sean. I just want to add a quick one on Christopher Tarek, who actually made. So that was a home visit, obviously, to a Charles Jagasaw. The coaches are still on the road. We anticipate, and this is a little tidbit for you all for the future, but Notre Dame, I believe, is going in-home with a couple very talented defensive ends in the state of Arizona in the 2024 class today. So we'll keep you – make sure you keep touched to Irish Breakdown and boards.irishbreakdown.com for those types of updates as we move forward here. Sean, Christopher Tarek, he had an official visit left. So he took his official visit this past weekend to Notre Dame. Spoke to him briefly. We'll have an update as I get just a little more information on the visit. But basically, guys, how this one is, is, you know, Christopher Tarek committed to Notre Dame, you know, a couple weeks ago at this point. And he had been to campus before. This was not a, this was not a, you know, a foreign place for Christopher Tarek, right? But being able to go there and see and see everything as a committed player, I think that it really just solidified everything, Sean. I really think it did. You know, he talked about the, you know, being able to talk to the coaches, talk to some of the players, see a practice Saturday morning, which was fantastic. And just being able to feel the energy as now a committed person compared to an uncommitted player. I think that really just solidified everything. And you hear that a lot from these recruits, you know, especially the guys that don't take because usually you take your officials before you commit to a school, but he saved an official, obviously, for after the visit. And I think that was a great moment for Tarek and his family to be able to just enjoy this as a committed player. Now, everything's just kind of off to the side, which is awesome. So love to see it, man. Love to see it. It's a, uh, it's just great times at this point, right? And uh, I was happy that Christopher had a great visit. Uh, Sean, did you have any more tidbits on on Christian Gray? I think you said that you uh, had a couple, or not really. Too much yeah, on Christian there. Gray was just really about you know his time with Mike Mickens that came to see him this weekend, and just the relationship that continues to grow with him and Mike Mickens and how excited he is. We did talk about his excitement coming in early, looking forward to that, and wanting to play early. And he talked about Benjamin Morrison and watching his growth and watching how he's been allowed to come in and play early and how it made him better. He sees himself on the same track. So talking about that. And then, you know, of course, I said, yo, someone uh, told me that uh, you were the class clown. And he's like, who? Who? And he started guessing guys like, man, who told you that? And he was like, no. Nah. He's like, I am real talk, though. I am. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I am that dude. So it was just a great conversation. And it was just really centered around, you know, the relationship that continues to build. Mike Mickens, man, look. <laughs> From the 22 class to the 23 class and watching. I can't wait to watch the senior film on Carson Hobbs. Like, because what yes. I see in the junior film is like. It's okay. physical, man. They're like, get up in that wide receiver's face and don't let him move, right? Like, that's what he is. Like, and whatever else he adds, you know, in the 24 class. It is just a joy to talk to the young men and hear them talk about the relationship they have with Mike Mickens, who a lot mm -hmm. of people had on the hot seat just over a year ago. And right. he's doing a tremendous job, not only getting the guys in, but getting them ready to play. Yes. And that's what you want to see out of a coach, not only being able to bring people in, but can you get them ready to take the field and be effective? And that's what Christian Gray sees for his future.
Mm-hmm. He feels like coming in early is the best thing for him. He wants to make an impact immediately. So we yeah. talked about the first practice at the pro day. It was funny because he was asking me what it was like, right? Because he was like, yeah, man, I can't wait. Like, man, go through the off-season weight training everything. Can't wait for the first practice. And I was like, yeah, it's going to be the day after pro day. And he was like, yo, like, what, 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 what was it like? I'm like, yo, this it's the most media I've seen all year in yeah. a practice. <laughs> like, because everybody's there for the pro day and they just stay over to watch the first day of practice. So national media, everyone's there. I was like, it's a vibe. And he was like, oh man, you're getting me amped. So these guys are ready to go, man. Mm-hmm. And Charles Jagasaw is ready to go. Like, yes, <laughs> he's almost regretting. Because the reason he stayed and didn't enroll early is wrestling. That's mm-hmm. that's it. And he's like, man, talking to all the guys, talking about reporting in January. Man, sometimes I wish I was joining them, but I want to wrestle. So we'll yep. see. Hey, man, and he's a state champion. So, you know, yeah. he's going he's, he's to get his, his opportunity. Title, right? Yeah. That's unfair yep. that Drake got to defend both of his titles. Before January. <laughs> that's, that's a great point, man. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Uh, but he's, he's going to be a welcome addition, just like Christian Gray is, man. I'll say this. After my interview with Shonda Gray about a month and a half ago, I guess, at this point, Sean. Yeah. By the way, for everyone out there, just a sneak peek on the signing day on the 21st, we are going to be having a live show, which you should expect some – past guests and maybe some new guests to come on that mm-hmm. show as well and speaking of shonda gray and she was a tr- i mean she's a tremendous lady man i can't speak enough about shonda like she's one of the best parents i've had a chance to speak to this i mean this uh recruiting process man because she's a single mother she's handling herself she's got a she's got a daughter that goes to ohio state and we know christian obviously was a little torn at one point between ohio state and lsu and notre dame obviously right and it just tremendous tremendous support that christian gray has which makes which you shouldn't be surprised why he's just such a good kid right like you just shouldn't be surprised about that so again sean great insights we'll have more updates for you guys because as we're working through we'll be putting out a lot of pieces weren't leading up to, to signing day as far as some um, just kind of last thoughts for some of these commits in the 2023 class about the, the rest of the process and signing the dotted line and what it's been like being committed to the University of Notre Dame and what that moment's going to be like for them and their family. It's going to be awesome stuff, man. Absolutely. And I will also say this. It's going to be exciting, too, because, Sean, as we move forward here, man, we're not done with this recruiting class either, which is wild. I mean, we were talking just a week ago, two weeks ago, that it's numbers 27, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now we know that that number is 28 now, and it could go higher. This this is going to be a massive, massive class for Notre Dame. And so, But we'll get there because there's another name that we added to the board that you should keep a close eye on. And you know a couple of the names like Brandon Hillman, for inst- in, um, instance, that is making his commitment on December 7th. Notre Dame is obviously high on his board. We expect that, you know, Notre Dame's in a good place right now and need to just close out, close out in the next couple of days, and we feel good about where they are currently. So there's going to be a lot of movement here over the next couple of weeks, which is going to be exciting to cover. Speaking of excitement, Sean, we talked about, and this perfect transition into the transfer portal chaos that we are ensuing right now. A player that you heard 
instantly, and we put it on the message board, I believe, last weekend, last Sunday, I believe, was that there is a young man from Western Michigan. His name is Braden Fisk. He is a defensive lineman. If you hop, pop on their film, he's number 55, it's that, if that's your style. Listed at six foot five, 300 pounds, all Mac performer. And Sean, he actually grew up in Michigan City, Indiana, which is only – he told me that his parents' home is only 30 minutes away from South Bend, Indiana. So they are extremely local, had the opportunity to talk to him before the visit, and get obviously the intel on you know that Notre Dame was in in talk because he's a grad transfer, so they didn't have to wait for the portal to open to start talking to him. He's you know graduate transfers are free game; they're not undergrads, which is a little bit of a different animal. So Braden Fisk on last Tuesday night, I believe it was, and I have a update on the on IrishBreakdown.com if you want to go check out how the visit went. So Tuesday, last Tuesday night, Sean, he had Coach Washington and Coach Golden reach out to him via phone call, chopping it up with him, talking about him as a player, what he's looking for, all that great stuff. And then they immediately invite him, yeah, come to campus, right? Come to yeah. campus this weekend. And he again, his parents live 30 minutes from campus. So sure, I'll come to campus. After leaving this visit, Sean, I'll put it like this. So kind of the weekend looked like this. Friday night, he went out to dinner with Coach Washington, uh, Coach Golden, excuse right. me. Right. Later that night, after the dinner, he goes over to the football facilities to go onto the field and everything. And then Coach Washington met them over there. So we got to meet Golden and Washington that night, got to dinner with Coach, Coach Golden. And then I'm told that he did some other stuff like a um, like a it's it's almost like the player walk, but it's you know a little bit different type of thing. Got to experience that type of thing and got to see the practice Saturday morning, got to meet the coaches, some players, all that great stuff. He talked eminently about the importance to see Coach Washington coach, to see Coach Freeman coach, and he lauded them for their energy and for how they run practices. He loved it. Interaction was a big thing for him. He talked about how Coach Washington would just get right in the drill and demonstrate it for the players to know exactly what they wanted the players to do in these drills. So, he, so I mean, Sean, basically, getting long story to get to a short story. Yeah. He had an exceptional trip. And let's, not, and let's be honest about this, folks. He grew up very aware of Notre Dame and had some allegiance to Notre Dame. But he, coming out of high school, only had two Division I offers. One was to Western Michigan, obviously, where he ended up, and Illinois State, which is an FCS school in the state of Illinois, obviously. So he wasn't heavy recruited. He was 6'3", 6'4", 240 pounds, excuse me, coming out of high school. He was an under-recruited kid. Fast forward five years later, he's now a 6'4", 6'5", 300-pound defensive tackle that can also play defensive end, can play all over the place. And I will say it like this. He told me that he's not going to rush anything because he he's a smart kid too, Sean, because he's like, hey, man, I only got one shot at this, right? Like I only have right. one season left. Right. And he had, some, he had some draftable grades before the season from the NFL, so I actually thought he might enter the draft this year, but he decided to go back for a sixth year and to up the – you know level of competition and be able to do that. And he, since he entered the portal, he's being courted by SEC schools, big, uh, big 10 schools, ACC schools. They've all offered scholarships. Notre Dame also offered him a scholarship this weekend. So he's on the board. 
Now, he, this is going to be a few weeks in the making, guys. Jan, beginning of January is when he wants to make a decision and finalize everything. But he's taking his time. The one good thing for Notre Dame, Notre Dame is the only school visit that he has set up, the only school he's seen in person mm. since he entered. He has some home visits that people are going to come to his home to visit him and lay out everything. So I think Notre Dame is in a very good spot at the moment. Again, I think it's great the familiarity that he has with the school, what it means to him. And I was told that, I mean, there was just moments where he was just kind of in awe over the weekend. So I think Notre Dame is firmly in this one. They'll have to outlast a couple other schools that are going to come at him with their different pitches. But I think, Sean, a few weeks from now, Notre Dame's going to be in the running for a Braden Fisk graduate transfer out of Western Michigan, and he can potentially play nose in Notre Dame's system, potentially play three-tech. He can do a lot of things for Notre Dame. So the quick update there on Braden Fisk, Sean, I think he would be a massive get. I don't know if you've seen him a ton at this point, but I think he would be a really good addition to this defensive line room. Yeah, I'm one of those nerds that's watching watching Mac football on a Thursday night. I am. So I have seen Braden Fisk. Uh, I saw the matchup that they had against Northern Illinois. And like you said, he, he jumps off the film. Uh, he jumped up to 300 pounds, gained a lot of weight. So he's still kind of athletic, moves well. And the depth, the depth of competition is what's going to be immense because Notre Dame is going to be very young on the front, right? So you want some of that leadership, some of that competition. And if he does ultimately choose Notre Dame, um, I think it would be a great get. It's good to hear him. Uh, speak glowingly about Al Washington in that way. Because I think a lot of people are wondering about Al Washington. And, you know, my pushback to losing Jacob Lacey has always been, well, Marcus Freeman said, your reps come from practice. So if you're losing reps, that means somebody else in practice is doing their thing. That's, that's, that's the way I take it from what Marcus Freeman said. So, all the other stuff that's been said about communication and, and Al Washington, he has a chance from this point forward in the portal, development of the young guys and the 24 class. This is it. You talking about Braden Fisk realizing this is it. Al Washington needs to realize transfer portal development, <laughs> 24 class. That's your window. Get it done. That's that's really well said, Sean. And I mean, man, I my phone is just going off right now, brother. I don't know if you just saw the message we got, but Jackson Smith and Jigba is opting out of the playoffs to enter the draft. And I know he's been hurt all year, but like I have never heard of that before, man. I've never seen anybody opt out of the playoffs before. That is nutty. Here's a here's a tidbit, Ryan. Yeah. And you can jump yeah. into this because you would know because you're more connected than I am in the NFL. But I can tell you this tidbit. Will Anderson more than likely is not playing in a bowl game. Because I know for oh, and he fact, shouldn't. I know and he for a fact there's an NFL team where I reside that has been speaking back door, pretty much saying, you're good. Don't. As long as we're here at number two, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry. You have a home. So yep. these are the type of conversations to go to what you just said. It's very well. Some teams could be telling Jackson Smith and Jig, but like, look, we're not <laughs> even worried about the injury. Right. <laughs> don't, 
Dude, I understand this is the playoff. Nah. <laughs> nah. We got you. Don't even worry about it. I mean, this is the landscape we're in that we never thought a player of this caliber would choose because, right, if you're in the playoff, players would stay. That's what we heard. If they have a chance for a national championship, guys more than likely would stay. Well, we just saw our first guy say no to the playoff in a national championship to declare for the NFL draft. Things are changing and evolving. Yeah. It's a new day. Well, Sean, Jackson Smith and Jigba is a fascinating player because coming into the year, everybody was just kind of penciling him into the first round. I will tell you, folks, that there was a large kind of variance on Jackson Smith and Jigba coming into the year, Sean. There were some teams that had first-round grades on them. There were other teams that had third-round grades on them. So there was a little bit of variance as far as how they thought of Jackson Smith and Jigba. And again, this screams agent decision that – you know, like again, we've been we've had uh, he's been injured all year basically for the for like the majority of the year. He got hurt against Notre Dame. I think he tried to come back at one point. I don't think it fully worked out as as, as obviously getting back. And I heard that he was going to be available for the playoffs, but now he's obviously making the decision that you know he doesn't want to sustain any re-injury, which I understand. I get that. Trust me. Like I don't. I I, I definitely get it. It's yeah. just it's going to be interesting. I I just. Sean, this is one this is one part that we've never gotten to, right? Like we've seen plenty of kids opt out of bowl games. We've seen yeah. players opt out of full seasons. So I'm yeah. like Jamar Chase, Rashawn Slater in the COVID year, right? Like we've seen that. Yeah. But we have yet to see a player that opted out of a playoff in college football, to my knowledge. I don't remember one. Yeah. So it's just it's different, right? It's yeah. it's different. So and, and interesting. Think about this. Also, yeah. this could be key. Who do you trust? Because mm-hmm. this medical staff had the accountability responsibility of getting him back ready mm-hmm. from an injury that was originally thought to be two to three, three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. And he's never been able to get right. So as an agent now, I'm saying, yo, I don't trust them. They haven't been able to get you right all season. But you know what? Right. I have guys. Mm-hmm. We can just start preparing for your pro day because I trust my medical guys more to get you ready for that pro day than them to get you ready for a game and your pro day. So now it's like taking him out of the care of that medical staff and giving him a medical staff that might be connected in the NFL circles. Yes. You know, because now medicals are coming up. Teams are going to be looking at medicals leading up to the combine and all of that stuff. So I, I totally understand why an agent would be pushing for him to sit out. I just never thought we would see a big time talent like that walk mm-hmm. away from his squad in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not judging him. Cause I don't know right. what the, I, like, I don't even know if he was healthy enough to go in the playoffs. So I'm not like yeah. judging him. I'm just saying this is the first that I've seen, you yeah. know, of a guy opting out of the playoffs. Like it's just the first that I can remember. So yeah. it's going to be interesting, man. Cause we talked a little bit about a show, show yesterday, Sean. It's like, I want to see, I want to see, you know, how Ohio State, after suffering the loss they did, how much, like, energy they have, how much vigor they have coming into that football game, you know, like, if they get back to it. So it's going to be interesting. We'll take a look, though. But I know we're getting flooded already with a bunch of transfer portal questions, Sean, because I just saw Justin Flo enter the portal, the once five-star recruit at the University of Oregon linebacker, who I know has not been able to be healthy, and then I think he was a little bit ineffective this year. 
there's there's a lot, man. They are just it's it's wild right now. It is absolutely. I just keep saying it's wild because it is, yeah. guys. Like I can't even. I thought it, I knew it was going to be like this, but I still wasn't adequately prepared for it. And then we had Scott Satterfield hired this morning. I mean, the mailbag today, Sean is going to be. It's gonna. It's going to be. Hey. It's yeah. going to be a roller coaster with bl- uh, <laughs> blinders on. <laughs> Isn't it, man? Isn't it, though? It's going to be thrilling, exhilarating, whatever you want to use, whatever word you want to use to describe it. I'm sure it's going to be more exciting for us mm-hmm. than it is for you waiting for our answers. It Look, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't. I'm not even peeking at the questions because you usually set them to the side and I'll usually peek at them. Nope. <laughs> I'm going in blindly this week, bro. I'm going in blindly. Well, Sean, let's go in blindly into some we're, – we're going to go into some transfer portal talk here for a second, and then we're going to circle back to some recruiting talk because we have a couple interesting topics that we want to hit on before the mailbag. So if you guys have mailbag questions, you can just keep popping them in the chat. We already have double digits, I think, start here, and we haven't even gotten close to the mailbag yet. So, Sean, here's one piece of news. Have to cover it, right? It's This is not as much recruiting, but it is to a degree because it opens up a roster spot, right? And there's going to be some acclimation, uh, ac- acquiring of talents. I don't know how I couldn't say uh, whatever. Yeah, so I, I'm an idiot. Don't listen to me. I, I don't know how to speak at the moment. There's going to be acquiring of talents when spots open up, all right? Yeah. So we're expecting, we're expecting that there are going to be several players that are going to – be who's going to leave the roster for Notre Dame. And we think that a lot of those are not player driven decisions. And we'll leave it at that. Cause you need to sign up at boards at irishbreakdown.com to know exactly what I mean by that. But we had one of the first losses to the roster today, Sean. Yeah. And that is Jaden Bellamy, who was a freshman cornerback slash safety. I know he was recruited originally as a safety and those playing some cornerback and didn't play this season, but he's at a Bergen Catholic in the state of New Jersey, which I am very familiar with. Yeah. He was in the same recruiting class, obviously, as Steve Angeli, who also came from Bergen Catholic. And they're also recruiting Kaj Sanders, who's a very talented safety in the 2024 class from Bergen Catholic as well. So, Sean, we had our first defection from the roster. Basically, what we're hearing about the Jaden Bellamy situation is just from the onset, it just didn't seem like a great fit. And this was more of a him coming into a new situation, him being around new people, him, you know, moving, you know, to the to the Midwest from New Jersey. And it just didn't seem like a great fit. He was just a little reserved. Didn't seem like he really was comfortable in his own skin there. Right. So this is the first onset though, Sean, we have the first player for Notre Dame to enter the transfer portal. We expect, even if you're on the message board, you know, this, we expect a few defensive backs on the roster to kind of make that decision somewhat in the near future, right? So this was a this was a decision that was not just purely for Jaden, right? Like Jaden obviously was not fully invested. He was did not feel like he was a great fit at the program. But Notre Dame obviously, you know, they had a they had to have a heart to heart conversation in, in this situation, right? So Jaden Bellamy, though, is the first guy that is off the board for Notre Dame, and that opens up another scholarship offer. I think we should point out, and I've had the opportunity to really get a background on this, uh, doing a show with Malik every day, Malik Zaire. Mm-hmm. 
how difficult it is as a freshman at Notre Dame. I can't even, I went to the University of Illinois, which is nationally recognized as a recognized as one of the best academic schools in the Big Ten. So I know what freshman year was like. I can't imagine ratcheting that up to a whole nother level like Notre Dame and trying to balance football as a freshman while acclimating myself to an entirely different culture, right? Because visiting during the spring and visiting on a game day and being gross and everything football and then showing up as a freshman and now experiencing the full culture of student life, because you're not separated like other schools. Like the Notre Dame players are part of the culture at Notre Dame. So it can be a shock to some people. It can be a shock to some people. And at times it can stunt the focus and the growth on the football field for some guys. And then some guys just, I don't want to say aren't good enough, but they just haven't performed up to the level that's going to get them on the field. And maybe they need to go somewhere else to reestablish themselves. And these are the tough conversations that I'm actually thankful that the coaching staff being led by Marcus Freeman are having with these young men. Like, let's have these conversations. It's uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but it's needed. Well, Sean, I'll say this, man. For a player that doesn't want to be there, obviously, right? And it just Mm -hmm. isn't a – and it's no shade of Jaden Bellamy, right? Like some people just don't fit well in certain yeah. places. Like I, there's there's a lot of states that I would live in and I would be absolutely miserable, right? Yeah. A lot of cities. doesn't mean that you're a lesser person. It just means that it's not a good fit for you. That's all it means, right? And But to your point, if Jaden Bellamy is just kind of like, all right, well, I'm just going to keep you know doing my thing. We'll see if it you know gets a little better. And it doesn't get better. And neither side is honest with the other. That's when problems start, right? And it's yeah. not even anything like driven from angst or whatever. It's just yeah. like that's how cancer starts though, right? Yeah. Like that's how it starts. And it's again, it's not a fault of either side. It just wasn't a great fit. Yeah. So some of these defections from the roster are going to be for the betterments of both sides if we're being honest, right? Like this is no shade against Jaden Bellamy. Jaden Bellamy is probably going to go to another school. I'm sure he's going to play football. I'm sure he's going to be very successful. I'm sure. Just wasn't a great fit at Notre Dame. Yeah. What we're coming down to, man. It's not a big deal. It's not, it's not again. I just I just want people to understand this. When they're just because there's a defection from the roster does not mean that either side is at fault. Sometimes no. things just don't fit. I mean, Sean, did you ever have a girlfriend that maybe uh wasn't a good fit and then eventually it ended up pretty bad because you held on too long? <laughs> and then people around you told you that it wasn't a good fit early. Like, look, I don't know about this one. And I was, you know, absolutely, absolutely. Only to find out, I guess you guys are right. I guess I couldn't change things or affect things the way I thought I could. Absolutely. You know, and it's it's just the nature of the beast, man. It's the nature of the beast. And unfortunately, some kids just, like I said, it's different visiting when everything is about football, right? Mm-hmm. It's different. And then showing up. And classes are in session. It's totally different. It's totally different because you see the the campus is different. You're always around the guys, right? They're trying to get you to come to the school, so they're catering to you, right? That's 
those trips are totally different than showing up as a student. And then they yep. show up in June and continue to be catered to. And then all of a sudden in August, smack, everything right. changes. It's, it's something else. And like you said, some people just find out early, like, nah, I don't want to. Just doesn't fit, man. It's fine. Yeah, this isn't me. And that's fine. And- Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And it, and it might be better for Jaden, too, because let's be honest, right? Yeah. Right now, Notre Dame is loaded in the secondary, man. Yeah. Like, especially because he's playing corner right now. I mean, you have Benjamin Morrison, you have Cam Hart coming back, Jaden Mickey's coming back. That 2021 class of Ryan Barnes and Phil Riley and Chance Tucker. Like, let's see what happens with that class. Then you have Christian Gray coming in. You have Micah Bell coming in, man. There's a chance for him to get buried on that depth chart as well. So, I mean, from the playing side perspective, Jane Melby could probably go to a bunch of other schools and play football, which will be good for him as well, right? Because there's nothing worse than when you're not a fit and you're also not playing. Right? Like, that is not good, man. That's not good. Because no. let's be honest about this, Sean. This isn't just a Notre Dame thing. There are plenty of players that maybe were not a good fit as a person into a program, but they were really good players, so they kept yeah. playing football, right? And it, that made it a good fit because I'm a good football player, right? Jada Bellamy is a good football player, but maybe he wasn't ever going to get like substantial playing time. And when that happens, when you're also not a great fit socially, yeah. that's when problems start. That's when problems really start. So I, I, I'm ha- I'm actually happy for Jaden, right? Like I'm upset. I'm sad that it didn't work out for him at Notre Dame, but I'm happy that he has another chance to find a better situation for himself. Like, yeah. I think that's a good thing. So, And that's the positive side of this craziness, right? Yes. Because I think if you come from Notre Dame, you're probably in good shape. Like there are some players jumping to the portal. I don't know, man. They might be left hanging. Yep. More than likely, if you're a Notre Dame kid, you're you're going to find yourself a, a pretty good situation yep. in the FBS. You know. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, I don't know if he, how close. Well, more than likely, he's not close enough to the degree. Yep. To get it now. Done. No, no, he's not going to be a he's not going to be a guy that's going to get a degree from Notre Dame, unfortunately, for himself. But I'll say this too, Sean. I don't think this is the case of Jaden Bellamy, but it's also we have to talk about this, right? Marcus Freeman in his first year is laying down the foundation for his program. So if there are players that do not see that vision, Mm -hmm. might be a good mutual parting as well. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yep. 
I mean, someone just said, like, I'm happy for Lore- uh, Lawrence Keys, right? Like, Lawrence Keys went down to Tulane. Dude, won a, I watched won him. AAC championship. I watched him this weekend. Special he, had a long, he had a long punt and a touchdown catch, right? Touchdown. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Good absolutely. for him. Yeah, good absolutely. And that wasn't really, you know, that wasn't, that was a little bit more of an interesting backstory to that, how that one ended up. But, like, right. yeah, good. I mean, I'll be rooting for, Jaden Bellamy, wherever he goes. I yeah. love seeing guys like Lawrence Keys ball out at a different school. Like it's awesome, man. It's really cool. So that's the one defection from the roster. One player that decided to enter the transfer portal. One player that we need to keep a close eye on, Sean. Familiar name to a lot of people. And I get I, I'm even getting Phillies talk right now, Sean, because Trey Turner just got signed to the Phillies. And you I know be wild, happy, bro. you should be happy. Uh, my buddy's been texting me every single day. They're going to get him or they're going to get Carlos Correa or they're going to get uh, Dansby Swanson. I'm like, I don't want Dansby Swanson. I've seen him too much in a Braves uniform. I don't need any Dansby Swanson in my life. But, yeah. Right. Yeah, Trey Turner to the Phillies. You want to talk about it, <laughs> Jacob? And I appreciate it, man. If you want to talk about it in the mailbag, I know Sean likes baseball, so, like, we could talk some Trey Turner <laughs> if you want later on in the show. <laughs> But, Sean, an interesting player that is now in the transfer portal. It broke last night. The announcement happened and obviously became official this morning. Deshaun McCullough, who is an edge defensive end out of Indiana, was very productive as a freshman. I think there are some people that think he may make a freshman All-American list. And he is 6'5", 230-plus pounds, rangy, athletic, former top 100 recruits. Really talented football player, Sean. Like, this yeah. is a Viper type, right? So he enters the portal. Why does this matter? Well, it matters because we know his father pretty well at this point, right? I think so. <laughs> yes. Dylan McCullough, who is the running back coach for Notre Dame, who is the father of Deshaun. His, his younger son, Dai McCullough, is also a 2024 recruit that I believe is going to uh, – 2023 recruit, excuse me, that's going to Cincinnati, I believe, if I remember that correctly. So, Sean, I mean, look, this is where we are with Deshaun McCullough. This is what we're, we're being told, you know, from sources. We believe that this is going to be a two-horse race for Deshaun McCullough. One is Notre Dame, for obvious reasons. They yeah. need it, Viper, father, talented player, already played his football in the state of Indiana. Yes. The other one is that uh, the other play- team that's in this conversation is Ohio State who Deshaun McCullough was committed to originally before flipping to Indiana, where his father coached before Notre Dame. Yeah. So two vantage points here, Sean. One, Ohio State has developed defensive ends at a very high level over the last few years. I mean, you go back to like the Joey Bosa's, Nick Bosa's, Chase Young's. They have a couple other good defensive ends this year. I know Zach Harrison's having a nice year for them. They got JT. They got Jack Sawyer. They always have defensive ends out. Yes. Just breaking news. Uh oh. Spencer Sanders. In the transfer portal. Yes. I knew I knew that one was gonna happen. I couldn't put that out in the universe, but I knew that was happening <laughs> as well. Um my buddy knew it was happening too, Sean. So every time a quarterback hits the transfer portal, he retweets it and says, Go pokes. Because <laughs> Oklahoma State's gonna need a new quarterback. <laughs> but getting back to the Sean McCullough. So one side Notre Dame, one side Ohio State. Obviously has he has relationships with the Ohio State staff because he was committed to them at one time. Obviously. Notre Dame, he obviously has relationships with Notre Dame as well for obvious reasons. <laughs> we don't have to get into that. Another interesting thing, though, is that 
Al Washington was a big part of the recruitment for Deshaun for uh, Deshaun McCullough because he was previously at Ohio State. Right. Um, so there's some familiarity on both sides of things. I'm told, and we are told by a source, that it's is not going to be a hey, he's easily going to go to Notre Dame because of the relationship with his father. Ohio State is 100% in this one. I think that right now this one can go either way, Notre Dame or Ohio State. We'll see kind of how it ends up. I know that Notre Dame is definitely going to make a push for Deshaun McCollum. There is no doubt. And we have Archer, our resident Ohio State fan, also saying that Ohio State is also going to push hard for Deshaun McCollum, which we we you know we already knew. But thank you, Archer, for that little tidbit there, right? So that's where we are right now, Sean. I will be very honest about this. Deshaun McCullough is incredibly talented. And for me, they need to make it happen. Notre Dame needs to get this one, Sean. Because what's the big miss in the 2023 class right now? Say you don't have a true Viper in the class, right? Yep. Yep. Without Keon Keeley. So a way to supplement that production potentially is to get another young, talented defensive end. And that's Deshaun McCullough for me. Yeah, I agree. What do you have, about five and a half this year, sacks? Something like that. And he was only a part-time player for that. He didn't yeah. he didn't start. And um, at least a couple games I watched, he didn't start. But you could see the twitchiness. You could see the length on film easy. Yeah, yeah. I, I Look, I love it. And if I had to, from a standpoint of opportunity, I think it's a lot more – more competition in front of him if he goes to Ohio State at that position. Um, if Oklahoma is mentioned, I know they just lost at this point five of their players are jumping to the portal today. So it's going to be some turnover there. To me, Notre Dame, the Notre Dame situation is like a ready, set, go situation. I'll, I'll be honest. You know, if I, and I'm not in his shoes, but if I'm looking at the situation, yeah, defensively, yep. the talent that's going to be around and the talent that's there and what he could bring to the table, you know, but you got Ohio State as well. Yep. To be honest, their defensive line coach is one of the most respected <laughs> in the game. So, look, you have to go battle. Yep, You have to go battle for him. Go win the battle. You know, Same, man. Win and, the and, and Sean, we, we've talked about this, right? Ohio State is the Midwest power right now, mm-hmm. and in Michigan, right? From a recruiting perspective, Ohio State is the absolute Midwest power. And for Notre Dame to get to where they need to be, they need to start beating Ohio State for some of those dudes, right? Yeah. If, if Ohio State and Notre Dame both want a kid, Notre Dame yeah. has to win some of those battles. They do. So the Sean McCullough is going to be a Big opportunity for Notre Dame to, and they have, I don't want to say an inside track, because again, I think that Ohio State has a legit chance to get Deshaun, but Notre Dame needs that type of player, man. Because now if you're talking about a Viper position that in 2023 has Joshua Burnham, Aiden Gobira, Deshaun McCullough, and Jordan Botelho, hey, you might not have Isaiah Foskey, but you're pretty good, man. You got got a lot of talent there, right? I would honestly say that those... With that quartet, Sean, you have some of the twitchier edge rushers that Notre Dame has had in some time. I mean, that's a lot of twitch off the edge. That's a lot of explosiveness. So, yes, Deshaun McCullough, I think, is a definite must for Notre Dame to close on. Will they? 
We'll see over the next couple weeks here, obviously, but an interesting player to watch in from a transfer portal perspective. Yeah. Circling back, we want to hit on two players real quick. I should be really quick, and then we'll get to the mailbag. Keep pumping in mailbag questions, folks. We're going to have some extra time today, it looks like, because we're doing well on time for once. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, so, Sean, first guy I want to talk about. want to introduce everyone to a young man named Solomon Davis, who we put on the message board yet last night. Brian put on the message board. I should be more specific there. He is a defensive back out of Arizona, committed to University of Arizona. I think he's actually out of the state of California, if I remember correctly. But he's committed to Arizona. Pretty long, athletic kid who we got kind of the go-ahead. Brian actually had this info maybe about a week or two ago. But, you know, sources wanted us to hold off on kind of revealing the name on the message board. But it's on the message board now. So we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the possibility here because Notre Dame's working on this one, right? They're working on this one. Committed to Arizona, but Notre Dame likes him, and especially now that Notre Dame, with a couple defections from the roster, I know I'm saying defections a lot today, folks. Please forgive me. That's my word of the day, I guess. With so with some 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 losses to the roster. There could be some defensive back spots that open up. I mean, we just saw Jaden Bellamy. We should expect a couple more. This Solomon Davis kid, Sean, I don't know if you've seen the film on him, but I watched the film after Brian told me about a week and a half ago. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, because he plays wide receiver a ton for his school. Yeah. He plays defensive back. He also plays some nickel on top of playing outside corner. And my guy is twitchy. He's explosive. He can play, man. Yeah. You already have Christian Gray and Micah Bell in this class. If you now get this kid, they maybe be more that nickel and then play some outside corner. Yeah. You have a complete secondary class, man, because that's counting with Peyton Bowen, Ben Minich, Adon Schuler, and you bring in a six-man class like that. Woo! Your defensive backs over the next couple of years are going to be special, sir. Didn't we say last week that <laughs> the more numbers? we see on the board that the coaching staff is telling us something because the entire program was under inspection the entire year. Like it just didn't stop when the season started. Everything was under inspection. And when you see the number of kids growing in the class and you know, the foundation for the program is going to be recruiting for Marcus Freeman. He's mm-hmm. telling you something. He's telling you something about what he sees on the roster and what needs to happen moving forward. Yep. And, you know, um, which makes me believe if you're coming in in the portal, they expect you to be an impact player. No doubt. They don't expect you to come in and blend in. They want you to come in and stand out. That we can talk competition all we want, but the expectation is – in that competition, you rise to the top. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And, I mean, the great thing about a Solomon Davis, Sean, is that I think the upside is pretty nice with a guy like a Solomon Davis. But, you know, could he be better off maybe taking a richer year, taking a year to get stronger? Yeah. Excuse yeah. me, doing all those types of things. Yeah. I, I don't think there's going to be an immediacy. And, again, we're not saying that this one's going to happen. We're just saying Notre Dame is doing their due diligence there. So keep an eye on Solomon Davis. Perfect segue from Keith Wigand here, who said, where's Hillman fitting in? Obviously, it's talking about Brandon Hillman. 
Wanted to kind of circle back to this one, Sean, because yeah. we're going to talk a lot about this over the next couple of days. Because on Wednesday, Brandon Hillman is set to make his college decision, December 7th. We don't have an exact time on that yet. As soon as we do, we'll pump it on the message board. I'll put it on Twitter, all that good stuff. So there are there are a lot of schools that got into this one, including the University of Miami, amongst others. Um, the kid out of Churchland High School in the state of Virginia. Keith, great question to start. Where does Brendan Hillman f- fit in? I just put a, a article out maybe like three or four days ago about everything that Brandon Hillman could do for a team. And I and me and Sean have talked about this a ton on this podcast, right? Yeah. Talked about him playing running back maybe, maybe playing slot receiver. He's being recruited by some schools to play quarterback. Defensively, he could play rover. He could play safety. He maybe could play a will linebacker if his body develops properly. He could play anywhere, Keith, and everybody out there. This kid is a dynamic athlete, and this is kind of looked at as like a huge – opportunity to bring in a true athlete into this class a guy that maybe could be multiple things on the next level but you know that he's talented enough where he's going to stick somewhere and at worst i'll say this at worst brandon hellman is going to be a premier special teamer for brian mason as a as a kick coverage player as a pump block guy like he's going to be able to do all those types of things sean so again just want to reiterate once again brandon hellman expect that we may have an extra show on wednesday it's very possible very possible but Notre Dame is high on Brandon Hillman. Brandon Hillman reciprocates that opinion of Notre Dame. We feel like Notre Dame's in a very good spot for a Brandon Hillman. So, yes. Guys like Brandon Hillman are used to being the best athlete on the field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think when he comes to Notre Dame, he'll be one of the best athletes in the class. Yep. So that, that trend will continue. And like you said, you hit the nail on the head. The floor – is very impactful in special teams. What he can become, especially if he gets locked in early enough to one position and is given time to develop, I like what he can become. But I would like to see him in space. Like whatever he does, give him give him some space. Let him roam. Let him be an athlete because that's his strength. I'm telling you this, Sean. I know that he can play safety and he can do all those things on the back end. I still want to see him at Rover, man. I yeah. do. Like this, I'm not going to say he's going to be Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, but there are some things about his game that do remind me of Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. That's what that's what he looks like to me, right? Yeah. So we'll see how it ends up. We'll yeah. see how where he ends up at Notre Dame if he ends up choosing them on Wednesday. But it's going to be interesting to see. So that's going to do it, though, for this portion of the show. This is the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour. Don't go anywhere because we're going to go into the mailbag next, and we have a lot of great questions. We'll be able to answer your recruiting question, your transfer portal questions, any football questions. You can ask me about the uh, Phillies signing Trey Turner apparently today. Like, we're open to anything here because we are – we're the – we're the master of all trades here, right, Sean? We don't, we're not just one-note people. We can do anything here. So throw in some more questions into the chat. We'll be here for a little bit while, but this will this will conclude the Notre Dame recruiting hour before we conclude it. Actually, hit that like button, subscribe, notification bell, rate the podcast, five star reviews on your favorite podcast platform are very much appreciated. Go sign up at borders.averagebreakdown.com as well on the Notre Dame recruiting hour.
Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.